We're so excited to have Jess and Erica from none other than Mama's Code podcast on the first series of a Mama Magic podcast brought to you by the Globe Mama Awards. The Globe Mama Awards are the first people's choice awards celebrating the achievements of mothers on social media. Starting in the UK, Glow Mama is a global movement celebrating motherhood and amplifying our unique stories in the digital age. We are proud to bring exclusive off-the-grid content exploring Glow Mama finalists and winners' unique journeys and experiences of motherhood. Get to know the mamas off the grid without the filters, reels, music in the background. Raw and honest conversations with the mamas that we follow on the grid. So ladies, you were nominated for Best Podcast at the fourth annual Glow Mama Awards. What did this nomination mean to you? Oh my God, I just felt, right now I feel like I'm nervous again from when we found out the news. We woke up and I was like, oh my God, Erica, we've been nominated. Um, it was it was truly uh, a shock. We didn't expect to be nominated, but I think from the get-go, after we woke up and realised what had happened, we really felt like we had just won in that moment. And I think for us, it didn't, it wasn't so much about going and winning the awards, like physically and having it in our hands, but it was more to, to know that we've been supporting other women out there. So for us, it was a win from the very beginning and it just made us so feel so warm and fuzzy when we were there and being in such a room full of inspirational women. Yeah, no, same for me. Um, I think it, it it's right up there when we receive messages on Mama's Cold from like mums telling us that they've really resonated with like an episode. We felt as excited because we thought, wow, like this actually means that we're getting out there. Like those taboo to- topics that we touch on are actually be- are being spread around and people are actually thinking it's worth voting for us. So it felt so good to be nominated. So what's your journey like? This is a podcast with two mamas on it, um, hence the name. How did you guys start? Like, what's the story? What's the journey? Um, it initially started with three, three of us. Um, so it was basically, we're, we're three best friends. Um, and uh, Jess always has like the wildest ideas. Uh, so you know we've like me and Jess had an idea once that we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to um, buy like a van and stand outside clubs selling like hot food because basically but to talk Hold about on. it we, we're from like Colombia patties <laughs> yeah, okay okay I'm, I'm, I'm listening you've got all my attention so you guys <laughs> wanted to get a van yeah, I'm yeah. listening. Rewind. <laughs> so yeah, so we're from Colombia. So outside the clubs, there's always then people with like barbecues and you know, like you just, you know, when you come out drunk and we here go to McDonald's, there you'd literally just pop out of the club and you'll get like, you know, I don't know, chicken or a patty or something. So we thought, how cool would it be to come out of a club and eat like fresh meat and you know just something nice and warm that's not McDonald's and so we were like raving on about it and you know Jess came up with like 
logos for us and then we told our partners and then they were like you do realize that you need like so many licenses to cook and stuff and we were like oh shit can we not just do it illegally do you know what I was just about to say that because like in another world like life like a long time ago I I did used to go to those clubs right and I know that feeling of when you come out it's three o'clock in the morning and you're so hungry. And I remember going to clubs in the Central and you could only go to this like really nice like Chinese restaurant because that was the only place that was open. And so then it's either that or McDonald's. So I hear it. Like I really, really hear it. I think it's a really good idea. I think you guys should get your license. Um, and But I'm really interested to hear how you guys went from this van to the podcast. Like it feels like there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can see here that Jess is like, let's do this, let's do that. So it started off with the van, I'm, I'm guessing. The van, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the van. Um, and then obviously this is all Jess, like she gets really invested into like ideas. So if you were to like just drop something or, you know, we went to decorate a house, she'd be like, oh my God, we should become like party decorators. And it's always like, she goes really deep into it. So anyways, once we had um, a girl's, night and we went to paint and then we went pizza express and we started talking about you know our problems mind you we're three best friends so naturally you think you tell each other everything um but we started you know just we had a few like alcohol in the system so we started ranting and you know our husbands do this and and we were like oh my god yeah and then like the kids and then blah blah and we literally all were like oh so it's not just me and we actually felt like heard and then the next day I woke up to like a hundred messages and Jess is just like, guys, hear me out. We should do a podcast and then I'll let her carry on because this is her story. One minute, one minute before you talk, Jess, I feel like we need like a drum roll or something. I don't have anything adequate. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, Jess, over to you. Right. So in the seven hours that I slept that night, well, I didn't even sleep that night. I, in my head was like, multiplying and dividing and calculating here it was like Einstein's brain thinking oh my god is it going to be a podcast is it going to be a YouTube channel how can we how can we get to more people what's our niche who are we aiming what can we talk about and I thought like we literally spent three hours ranting about motherhood and our life at home surely someone's going to want to listen to our conversations and we always say this in our group of friends when we meet up we have conversations and we think and now that we've got the podcast, we think, oh, my God, why did we not put the microphone on? This could have been such a great episode. Um, so anyways, and I thought I came up with different name ideas and logos, as I did with the van. And then when Erica woke up, she was like, what the hell is this? And I said, listen, we need to go for a coffee like right now and you need to hear me out. So we actually did go for a coffee like the next day and she was listening to me. But I think where where I said if we speak about motherhood and our journey and how difficult it is to balance wife life, mum life and Jess and Erica life, I think when you put it on a scale, Jess and Erica come last because we want to put everyone else before us. And I think there's so much that, you know, when, you, when you're pregnant, people say to you, oh my God, it's so amazing. It's so beautiful. It's hard, the sleepless nights. But no one actually says to you, this is where, a new woman is born this is where 
your whole life just changes in a way that you're going to forget about yourself and um, until until you look back and realize oh my god where, where's Jess where's Erica you're not going to mm-hmm. actually realize that having having been aware of that you could have perhaps had a better journey in the into that motherhood so anyway so Erica was she was like invested and she started to say like listen let's do it like let's like you know we agreed on mama's code we agreed on a logo and by the end of that day it had been 24 hours and we had about 10 episodes written from intro to end and it was just a matter of finding the programs to record finding the space um getting mics and stuff and obviously at the beginning I think I don't know some I feel like sometimes we fear a lot of the unknown and we just hesitate and we hold back on the potential and obviously at that point we thought let's not get like really good mics right now let's just try and like use anchor and whatever and see how it goes um and then the day the week that we recorded was two weeks two years ago uh for mother's day and that three days later after we launched our first episode we went into a full lockdown which meant we couldn't record like together luckily we had recorded three episodes on the first night that we all got together um and you know at one point we thought oh no what are we gonna do but it didn't stop us we just the audio was terrible I will say that but we just I think we were so excited about how we can help other women that we just we just didn't really stop we we just continued and we haven't looked back since and I think sorry just one one more thing I kind of completely skipped out was that we did a survey before we launched the podcast um and we sent it to all the women that we knew like our followers on our own personal Instagram to and the feedback was just amazing they were like oh my god this is amazing I feel like this it was it was generic questions like how do you feel being a mom do you feel like how do you feel about breastfeeding how do you feel about c-sections like all all these different questions and everyone was like what 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 is this for this is amazing and having that feedback when no one knew what was going to happen as soon as we launched we were like just waiting and we were like oh my god is anyone going to listen to us um but it was it went down as a great success I think I, I really love what you said earlier about you know no one tells you about that kind of loss of self and I always like to say that when you give birth to your child any child so I you know I'm a mum with three children um but you could it could be your first child it could be your tenth each baby is like you've given birth to a new version of yourself and I really wish someone had allowed me like had helped me or just explained that to me so I really really resonated um with with what you said there what tools do you think that you can give women or maybe not even you as you as a person give it to women but what advice would you give to women who are out there listening who may be pregnant thinking well what does it mean I'm going to give birth to a new version of myself like I've only known this one way of living. Like, what does that mean? How would you advise pregnant women to prepare for that transition? Not transition just from the sleepless nights and, you know, all the other stuff that goes with having a baby. We know that. But also preparing themselves for for that kind of shock. And it is a shock, isn't it? Of, wow, like, I'm, I'm on a different scale. Like, I'm not, I'm not the priority anymore. 
You know what? It's a very hard question to answer because everyone's mindset is different. But I will say what helped me personally was to take each day as it comes from the moment that I found out I, w- I was pregnant. Um, it was more of, OK, we've we've had one day down. Let's wait for the next day. Once my baby was here, it was OK. I know all the bad things that pe- people are telling me, no sleep and this and that and the crying. But if I already know this, if I already know the bad stuff, why am I going to focus on I'm going to have sleepless nights. I'm going to be sleep deprived. Oh my God, I feel sleep deprived. That shouldn't be my focus. My focus should be that this is going to pass and my baby needs me right now. My baby's just spent nine months inside of me. How can I expect to give birth to it? And it's going to be independent. And as, as someone that lost herself, I think it's very important to have that moment that you know what my baby is crying I'm going to just put it in the bassinet and go and get in the shower even if nothing is going to happen for five minutes that your child is going to cry and I think a lot of women try to do everything and at the same time do nothing because of the pressure of you have to be a good mom and I think it starts it starts at having a good shower in the morning and at night because for me it was very important to shower at night, not just because I've sweat and I've got like breast milk all over me, but just because you get to stand in the shower, shower, basically wash off your worries and your stress from the day and get ready for the night that's coming. And I think it's just very important to really have that moment. And I know it's so hard and it's easier said than done, but with if you give yourself that little time, a shower is gonna go a long way. No, I think that's really good. I think, you know, you spoke about another important topic, Jess, about losing yourself. What does losing yourself look like as a new mum? Erica, you got two kids. Can you help? I mean, for me, I, I think there's different stages as well, because so for me, I, I was a really, well, I say really young mum, but I was like in my early 20s. And um, I was the only one out of all my friends that had a baby. Um, and then seeing everyone kind of like established and you know with their careers I was I was a, I was a person that you know I finished university and I used to do like excel sheets and write things down on how I wanted my career to go and I had like you know like my five-year plan um, obviously when I got pregnant um, I kind of thought okay maybe this is the universe telling me to kind of stop and you know take it all in you know um, and I think for me, I lost myself because I was so paranoid in thinking that I wasn't good enough for my baby. Um, and I suffered, like, I, I didn't get diagnosed or anything, but I know now that I suffered from um, postnatal depression. Uh, I always, always, always used to, like, cry to my husband and say oh look Jess has a job and you know Jess goes out with her friends and and Melissa does this and I was always comparing not because I was hating but because I I I missed that part of me I missed being able to freely go out I missed you know having not that responsibility of a whole baby and someone that fully depended on me but then I slowly started to learn that you know, I decided that this was my decision. You know, I've had this baby, this baby depends on me. And I need to take, like Jess said, one day at a time, 
my time will come where I can, you know, get my career on track again. And even then, as years went on and my child was able to go nursery, I always, always put my child first. I didn't go into what I graduated in because I knew in myself, not because I felt like I couldn't do it, I could do it. But for me, my priority was always going to be my son. Um, so I decided to take a different route through my career and make my career work around my child because, and this, and I think this is something so hard and why a lot of women that, you know, have children before starting their careers decide to change because you need to find a balance and some careers, especially like back in like, you know, I'm talking eight years ago, there was no hybrid working really this pandemic has opened a lot of doors, which is literally a silver lining that came out of like the pandemic because women can now say, you know, we work, every single person works for two years at home. You cannot tell me that we can't do this anymore. So I think now with two kids, I wouldn't say that I've found myself completely because there's days that I don't really know what I'm doing. But sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I just need to wing it and do what I feel like is best. So Erica, you have two children and Jesse, you have one, is that correct? Um, I wanted to pick up on a point that you were saying about um, a lot of mothers having to change their careers, you know, once they, they um, become a mother. And what are your thoughts on this? Because I always find it so interesting that in, in this kind of day and age, where we're talking about you know, independent women, whether, or not, whether that be you're married or you're not married, there's this drive to making sure that you know, you've got your education and you've got your career and so forth. And no one tells you that once you become a mother, once you become pregnant, the moment you become pregnant and you have a baby, for most women, motherhood is not conducive, or it wasn't maybe pre-COVID, um, it wasn't conducive with the career that they had picked. Like there's like a lack of preparation around that. There's this drive to say, yes, we want more women in the workplace and we want you know, women to be empowered. But then how does that look like for a mother who has to drop their kids to school at 8.45 and has to pick them up at you know, 3.15, which is not obviously a work, you know a work a general work day um maybe they have after school activities and and so forth i think as you said erica you know covid has been a blessing because i know so many mothers who now are able to drop their kids off and take them to after school club um or whatever after school activities they've got while still doing work and answering the emails and because they're remote um but that's kind of a new phenomenon um why do you think there there is that kind of disconnect between you know, getting women into the workplace, but then not preparing the workplaces for motherhood? I think it's just that we're still set, like the workplace is still set up as it was years back where, you know, it was like literally a nine to five. And I, I argued this before, like, why is work set up that way? You know, why is it that you have to work during those hours? What is it with those hours that makes it acceptable for you to work? right um and there's nothing nothing you can work if it and this is no not 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 everyone works the same I could be a morning person but you Agnes you could work better at night so why is there, there a job <laughs> exactly and no exactly and this is the thing where jobs don't really see that and it's only now like for instance in my job at the moment there's a lady who she works from nine 
till two and then she picks up work again from seven till whatever time she works because she makes work work around her child and I love that she's being able to do that because again before this was not allowed because we had it drilled into our head and I think it's all coming from the men you know it's, it's that thing that men and this is another thing we we encourage and you know we push like for, in the company that I worked for before it's this big huge American company that you know they promote diversity and inclusion and all this malarkey but the reality is no no they don't want women to progress I've seen it left right and center working HR how women get done for becoming pregnant and I've seen so many women cry because they know once they have a baby that's it for them they're gonna have to either I, I, I told Jess about this a lady at work she got promoted while she was pregnant and because of the peer pressure that she got promoted she didn't take a full year she came back after two weeks from giving birth to her child because of that pressure she knew there would be another man waiting to take her role and we'll probably do it you know better because this is the thing and this is why we genderize so much like um for example you know as women we 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 argue about you know equality and stuff right you know gender pay rise and all, the, all these things paternity leave is not the same for every man like some companies are now offering four months but some companies are still in that mindset that men don't really deserve time off during that break i know a company given two weeks and i was like why would you give a dad two weeks to be off when their baby's been born like try to give that to a mom do you think as a mom you'd bond with your child after two weeks you wouldn't you would you not wouldn't. bond no and also there's, so why, there's a whole exactly. but <laughs> so i was just gonna say so there's a whole big finding as well that a lot of women suffer postnatal depression after their partners go to work yeah, um, yeah, so you have yeah. them there for that two weeks um, and even though it's still very difficult you're still physically you're still sore you know um, but you still have support but then all of a sudden dad or partner or whoever mm -hmm. you know the birth um, the non-birthing partner is no longer there mm -hmm. and all of a sudden whoosh, you know life hits you because you're by yourself yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and i think that as well adds on to that pressure why that, is it that as women we're given like the full 12 12 months you know take take a year off take it off because you can do it as a woman but when a dad tries to do it you don't you only give him two weeks and even though you know there's that parental shared thing i just don't think it's the same it's not the same because what are you saying when you're doing these policies? What are work jobs saying? Okay, so I'm doing a paternity policy and I'm telling you that as a man, you're entitled to two weeks a month. But as a woman, you're entitled to X, Y, and Z. Like, it doesn't add on. So how are you supporting this woman to come back into work? How are you allowing her to not get postnatal depression? How are you, even coming back, I remember when I went back to work, I didn't even get up because on my first day if I was breastfeeding and if I needed a room to breastfeed, nothing. So I, and, and this is another thing that we, no one talks about. Once you go back to work, it's almost expected that you leave that pregnant Erica that just had a baby over there. You cannot bring yeah. your baby into work. You need to come in like you just left. Like, like, you know, you didn't just go and have a baby. You don't have a life yeah. waiting for you at home. 
Erica, I think that's such an important point. Um, I gave, I went back to work in a new job actually, I believe it was like six months or seven months after um, I gave birth to my first child, Imara, you might have seen walking around at the award. And I was breastfeeding up until that point. And I remember going into the workplace and, you know, first of all, it just was, it didn't feel, it didn't feel comfortable for me to ask if, they, if I could breast, if I could pump in a separate place. And everywhere was open plan. So naturally I had to stop breastfeeding. And I just remember, even when you're saying it, Erica, I just remember the pain, you know how it is, your boobs just get so hard because I didn't want to stop breastfeeding. Um, but I had no choice, that choice was taken away from me and nobody asked me any questions or it's like, you're here, you're working and that's it. You know, it's not even something that comes up in your induction. Like, oh, you've had a baby or, you know, um, like what, what's your setup? I mean, I know there's kind of HR legal issues around, around it, but I think in general, as you said, Erica, the environment, that work environment doesn't really make it conducive to even ask those questions. This topic makes Erica's blood boil, as you can see. She's very passionate about it. Um, I was gonna, I was just gonna add to it. Do you think, and this is just like an unpopular opinion, do you think it's just because a higher percentage of women are not ready or are not um what's the word, willing to just sacrifice for their career? Because I feel like with everything, and I mean, if you talk about, you know, the people that have achieved so much in their life, it all comes down to sacrifice. And I'm sorry to say, and, and I say it because I'm, I'm a mom as well. And I know that sometimes I need to sacrifice my baby's time for, for myself. And some people find it very selfish to do that. Hence, mothers feel like, I'm just going to go back to work after one year or I need to go back first because, oh my God, my job. And they just feel that they're pressured to take on a career that they're not ready to uh, sacrifice time with their children, as well as mothers that, you know, we see some mothers that go back to work a month after and they are, they don't care that they've left their baby at home. And it's not that they don't care, but they're just more driven by their work career because they're not fulfilled by being a mother. Yes, motherhood makes yeah. them happy and great, but they love their job. And I feel like it's so important to normalize this because the same way that some mothers that are not willing to sacrifice um, for their babies, like as in not will they're not willing to sacrifice time to go into work, feel bad and pressured by the women that do want to sacrifice time. And I think that neither is right or wrong. You need to do what it is that fulfills you as a person and what you want to achieve in your life. Because at the end of the day, when you're not in the office and you're at home, if you're being the best mom to your baby, who gives a damn how many hours you're in the office? If your time with your baby is, you know, 100% you're there with your child, why are we going to judge that mom that wants to sacrifice their baby's time to go into work? Or why are we going to sacrifice the mom that wants to be a stay-at-home mom and be with their babies? It's just a parallel universe, basically. Um, is that for me or is that like open? <laughs> yeah, it's just open. My... <laughs> okay, well, for me, I think, first of all, I'm all about no judgment. I feel like every mum shows up in the world differently. We're all unique individuals and we've all got our own different personality. I think there's a few points that you said um, and 
I mean, I mean, points are not really points you've given like different um, kind of opposing arguments. I feel like number one, for a lot of women, there isn't a choice. Like back in the day, in the 1960s, the 1970s, maybe even the 1980s, England, even London, one salary was enough to be able to survive and to be able to live on. Um, whereas nowadays, it really isn't that. Like one salary is not, my mum was a migrant mother here in the UK and my dad, for different reasons at that time was not in the UK. And I remember, you know, as a little kid having to go with my mum to work, you know, my mum was a cleaner and I would go walk from Charing Cross to Baker Street and so forth in the middle of the night. I still had Christmas presents, you know, we weren't rich or anything like that, but I know that there was a roof over our head. I know that rent was paid. I know that there was food there. We were not rich at all, but you could pay the bills. There is no way a cleaner right now in London yeah, with no, no benefits apart from maybe um, um, child benefit, which we get in the UK, could be able to do what my mum did then. So that there, I know that a lot of the time for a lot of women, they're going back to work because they don't have to. For women that are, um, then there's a second layer. There might be women who, um, and this is kind of, I don't want to say a challenge, but there is this whole thing of, you know, buy your house, before you have your children, you know, work hard, get yourself a really good house and, and your mortgage and set yourself up and then have children. But what, and I'm not saying that that is not the right way to do things, but there's also an opposing argument. And what I say about this is there's so many women that have gone down that route and it's the, it's the perfect route, that, you know, that when I say perfect, we put inverted commas, where yes, you do all of that, then you become pregnant then you realise that you better stay in that high paid job because when you got your mortgage, you got your mortgage based on your lawyer salary or your media production salary or whatever that salary is. And that's why you got your, your that, that mortgage. Um, but now you, you're pregnant, you want to be at home more with the baby. Maybe you don't want to go back to work for two years. You know, maybe you want to take a lower paid job, but you got that mortgage based on two people's salaries that were quite significant. So on the outside, it looks like, oh my goodness, you know, you couldn't give up your job to, I, I don't know, you couldn't give up your job um, because you don't really want to be with your child. But actually financially, yes, it, it looks good. They've got the car, which is the monthly repayment payments that they're paying. They've got the mortgage, which they could really afford. But all of a sudden they can't really afford that anymore. But then yes, there is those women. I always say like, I mean, I, I have a career. My career, I've built it up by myself. I have my awards. Um, you know, I have different organizations that I've, I've founded the Fatherhood Awards, Global Black Maternal Health Initiative. And if you look at the, the crux of my, my, my work, it's all motherhood. And I always say, it's like my little witty comment, I think I'm being witty anyway, where they say, you know, you, they say you can't um, have motherhood and a career. So I'm making motherhood my career. So for me, all the skills that I've had, you know, doing event management or you know, working in recruitment or all the different industries that I've had, I have used that and I'm creating my own pathway by myself. I can't be a complete 100% stay at home. I just know that's not for me. I don't judge. I've got lots of mothers that I know that are stay at home moms and they love that. And I think the issue with motherhood is about making sure that you're doing what you love so that you can be the best mother to your children. When I'm glowing, it's better my children have 
90% of me, even 85% of me, and I've got 15% to myself, so that when I'm with them, I'm present and I'm giving the best version of myself to them because I'm fulfilled, than me giving my child 100% of the worst version of me because I'm tired, I'm drained, I don't feel the best version of myself, you know, all those different nuances. Um, so for me, and I'm bringing now my kind of lived experience, that is me. And I think for some other women, you know, they, they, that might, might be what they've always wanted to do, and that makes them a better mother for them. Um, so I think that there, as you said, there is no right or wrong way. I think as long as you're trying to show up for your children, we've made decisions to have children in, in this world. So it's not about okay, I'm having my child right now, but I'm going to go off and do all of this stuff. And whatever happens with those children, it happens. I'm not a, a fan of that. I'm a fan of, A, there has to be a compromise. Um, there has to be a sacrifice. There is always going to be a sacrifice for anything. And there is going to be a sacrifice. And ultimately, it's about making it work well for you and your, and your setup. I agree. I just... I just thought I'd put it out there because I know I've had this conversation recently and someone was really kind of biting back at my statement and I was like it, it's not that like you know you've got your own opinion but I think at the end of the day if you're like you said showing up for yourself and you are being the great person that you are then what what does it care how you got there or how you're doing things and I think that's one thing that for new moms as well is very important because when you become a mom for the first time, you feel like I need to be the best mom. I need to do this. I need to, and you get lost in that thought process because you want everyone to think you've got shit under control and you want that Instagram pic to not show the mess that is actually behind the camera. And it's like, babe, it's okay. We all have the mess. Yeah. We don't want to post our mess on Instagram because God, the mess drives us crazy. But at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, it, it is, it's the life that it's our reality. And I just think, like you said, and you both said it, our children didn't choose to be born. We chose to bring them into this world. And at the end of the day, the world rotates around them for the time that they are under our um, responsibility, you know? Yeah, 100%. So you guys are both from Colombia, yes? Uh, when I think of Colombia, I'm thinking of like sun and sea and, you know, all the beautiful glamour that there is. Um, with your podcast, do you speak Spanish or? Yeah, we speak Spanglish. It's it's fluent, like it's it's mostly, it's 99% English, but we have the odd word in Spanish or sometimes we get so carried away and we can only express ourselves in, in Spanish. Yeah. yeah, or we're, we're like asking each other, like, how do you say this word? And we're like saying it repeatedly yeah. in Spanish. <laughs> And then neither of us know how to say it in English. And then once we finish the podcast, it's like, oh, that's the word. But I mean, to be honest, we also say English words that don't actually exist in yeah, the universe. Yeah, because we're trying to <laughs> translate them. <laughs> or you translate a saying that goes really well in Spanish and then you try to translate in English and you're like, wow, that is so fresh. It loses all the meaning. You guys have just taught me a new word, Spanglish. Can you give me a Spanglish example, please? <laughs> What could be a Spanglish example? Guys, I want to be, I want to be taught Spanglish. Um, hola, hola, I'm good, thanks. That's, hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Erica, your turn. Si vamos al park later. That <laughs> even sounds fresh in Spanglish. <laughs> You know when you really you have to think about it? 
It was a later, sounds like me, like very South London. <laughs> so what's your plan? What's the plan for, for Mama's Code? Like, you know, you started this, you know, I think it's a couple of weeks just before the pandemic hit. Um, and obviously it's grown year on year. You're now Glow Mama um, nominees, you know, finalists. Um, what's your plans? Like, where do you see the podcast um, going in the next two, five years? Is it going to be a podcast van, like going around central London, oh my God, can like you blaring out Mama's Code? Like, what is the plan? Listen, if you see that, you already know who, who's behind that van. <laughs> Um, do you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you at the moment. Um, we have taken a break from recording um, this past month. I think our life got very, we've lost motivation. We lost control of our own life. Not, not in a sense of like, oh my God, our life is a shit show. But I think we weren't showing up for perhaps ourselves. I know I wasn't showing up for myself and it was very difficult to get to pen and paper, plan an idea for an episode, get to Erica, we're going to do this. It was very here and there, here and there. And as everything, you bounce off each other's energy. And we always said to each other, we don't want to bring a downer energy to our podcast. So if we need a break, we need a break and we need to stop. So that's what's happened for the past month. Um, but having said that, I think when you realize and when you kind of bring it out to the air, um we are planning to start recording again um it was just a little mental break that we needed I think but it's important I think it's yeah. really important and I think to anybody listening I think that's a really important message you know yes we can be doing things really well every day you know you guys are doing amazing with your podcast something you've been driving for the past few years but you've listened to your body and you're like this is the time to take a break and you've listened to that you've leaned into that and I think there's so much importance in knowing when to take a break for your own mental health. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, we can't come onto an episode and record about this and that and be positive about this when we can't, when it's not reflected onto our own life. And we are, we're always saying you need to take a break when you're ready. You need to focus on you, but we're not doing the same with ourselves. So we're very perfectionist people and we want everything with the podcast to kind of like make sure it's right Erica was always like sometimes I'm like shall we just record about this and she's like no Jess there's no structure we need structure so and that's good because we need you know we need that balance we need that control um but what's coming up for Mama's Code I think getting back to recording getting finding ourselves into that routine again and we've always just wanted to bring events in we've wanted to for the longest time plan um like Halloween parties for families and brunches for moms that you know you can still bring your kids and you can have a chat with the new moms and and also have your kids around and we've we've so this is on the horizon there is a lot that goes to it you know best that it's not just let's have a, a party and let's have this date there's just so much that goes into it and I know that you you probably come out of each event thinking oh my god this could have been so much better and I need to note this for future. Um, and I think yeah, one so that's, that's every single award. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. You're like, this was Nobody amazing. But... <laughs> and, and I think, and, and it's just part of your growth. You can't, you can't get to something and feel satisfied with it. I think once you feel satisfied, it's like, is there not anything else you want to add? 
Um, so that's that's something we want to do. We want to continue to reach out to as many women. We have so many plans for episodes. We wanted to create a hub where everyone can listen to our episodes. People can get in contact with specialists that we've spoken to have everything under one place rather than you know go Spotify go iTunes go Instagram we want to create that platform that is mama's code hub um it is a lot that goes behind it um but I think that's essentially where we would like to take mama's code and I just think do you know what (laughs) we're so we're so humble that even now when we get little you know messages from people saying oh I've I've contacted this person that you just had on the podcast or thank you for this episode like that just fills us completely and that that just kind of makes us feel like we've achieved the goal that we wanted to achieve with mama's code and that I think that at the moment as humble as it sounds is just what really fulfills us that we've been able to and we've recently spoken uh, we've seen two moms that kind of got into contact because they had a premature baby and and just to know just to have read that message was like wow like we didn't think little us were changing people's lives like that and yeah I think there is no more goals to be achieved when that was that's our core like that's where our heart was at I don't know if Erica wants to add anything maybe I've forgotten no no you've literally said everything and What's your advice to somebody listening in now thinking, you know what, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Um, I really want to put something together. I'm not sure how to go about it. Like, what would your advice be to them? I think just go for it. Um, we we were very scared and, you know, we're all, like, I think just as human beings, you always have self-doubt, you know, with everything. Um, I'm sure like every small business that's opened, they've always thought, oh, but who's going to buy this? Or who's, oh, is this too pricey? Or, or who's going to listen to this? There's always going to be self-doubt within yourself. If you don't give it your all and you don't research the stuff that you want to do, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Um, you know, it's just the same way, like when you go and apply for a job, instantly, instead of saying, no, I'm, I, I have like a 99% chance to get this job. We always apply for jobs thinking, yeah, no, I'm not going to get it. I'm just going to apply anyways. And we shouldn't have that mindset because I think whatever you really believe and you put out there in the universe really comes back to you. So I think you just need to be positive. Um, I think for us, my main thing is you need to research. You know, we, we were lucky that, you know, we have our partners have done this before. So we're able to give us a hand and also reach out for help. If you know someone that does a podcast, reach out to them and be like hey like can you help me you know start start this up give me some tips um and I'm sure the people are so helpful like I know Jess has helped a few people start podcasts and it's so nice because people shout her out and say you know she was able to give us a hand and you know you just just the same way that we started and the, the small steps that we did we give it to other people and it's just so nice to be able to give back because we were once there and we were kind of like shit scared like oh my god but what if this sounds but and like if you go back to like our first episode it sounds absolutely horrendous and then as the time goes past you're just gonna get better and better and you're gonna start investing in your business so yeah take the first step just do it 
And I think that's so great, isn't it? Because sometimes we want to start perfect. And I always say perfection gets in a way of actually getting it done because you obsess about it being so perfect that you never do it. And then it just stays as an idea, you know, one of those ideas in your head. So it's about getting up and just starting and actually growing with the journey, being able to look at where you were at the beginning and say, wow, like, look how far I've actually come. So we're about to wrap up, but before we go and before we do, describe what it means to be a glow mama in free, or just, sorry, we're about to wrap up, but before we do, and it's gonna be quick, quick fire, all right? Describe what it means to be a glow mama in three words. Jess, Erica, Jess, Erica, which one? One, two, three, come on. I've lost my vocabulary. <laughs> Jess, it's you, come on. What does it mean to be a glow mama in three words? Oh, tough, strong, and brave. That probably all means the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Erica? I know you said quick, but like I literally, my brain went blank. Um, <laughs> I think real, honest, and broken. Fantastic. I like that. I've not actually heard the one broken. And I think that's such a good, that's such a good word. The ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Before you go, where can people find you online? You can find us on Instagram at mamas.code and Spotify and iTunes, just mamas the podcast no mama's code the podcast there we go <laughs> wow <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much thank you so much having you both either our glow mama finalists um so yeah hit them up check them out on instagram make sure to go over to spotify and to go over to itunes and hit them up thank come, you so much come learn some Sp spanglish with us <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the mama magic podcast brought to you by the glow mama awards please share and rate this podcast and follow us on social media and you can do that by heading over to instagram and typing in glow mama uk and if you want to keep up to date with all things glow mama head over to www.glowmamaawards.com and sign up to our free newsletter